Welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by our new sponsor, The Breastfeeding Shop. The Breastfeeding Shop helps new and expecting parents by supplying breast pump accessories and more through insurance. Oh, breast pumps and breast pump accessories, not just accessories. That would be silly. Breast pumps too. And today's episode is also brought to you by Silverette. Have you ever struggled with sore or cracked nipples while nursing your baby? Silverette Silver Nursing Cups are your one-stop solution. And we will hear more from our sponsors later, but you can head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check our sponsor page. If you need anything, see if you can give any of them your business because they make this podcast possible. And while you're there, scroll down and enter your email address and we will send episodes straight to your inbox every week. And don't leave without checking our shop page and all of our awesome merch, our bussin' merch. And once again, we are hosting our ongoing giveaway for people who leave reviews on iTunes or any other podcast apps where you're able to leave reviews. Everyone who leaves a review and sends us a screenshot will be sent Badass Breastfeeding Podcast stickers and Thank You for Nursing and Public Empowerment cards. You can email that to badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com. And I believe Diane has our review of the week now. I do have our review of the week. Um, And this is like a kind of a mediocre review. But I... um, I, I did. I wanted to talk about it. So it says helpful info, um, an easy listen that presents up-to-date and science-backed lactation information. I do wish the hostesses were a bit more positive and uplifting. Oftentimes, I think they share their own opinion on things instead of staying objective, which can be a turnoff if you don't agree with them. So I definitely wanted to talk about this because I think everybody kind of gets in that place sometimes, um, yeah. especially That's a good talking point. about yeah, especially talking about this stuff. Like, yeah. this is such, this kind of a topic, it's not like we're talking about something that we can always be objective because, or always keep our feelings out of. That's, how, I guess, how I should put it. Because this is something that we've all been through, including Abby and I, and there's so many feelings attached to it that it's really hard to sometimes just stay either black or white, you know, like yeah. it's just so I, that's kind of how I feel about it. So if you're a first time listener, like this is your first time listening to this um, podcast, you're just turning it on. Like, I I mean, you're definitely going to get times where we're very, you know, we're very, very much about the topic. We're very much about like, this is our, you know, this is the information. This is science. This is what you do to kind of get past it, whatever, or help, you know, this is how you help yourself with this situation. But then you're going to get times where it's going to be like, oh my God, this is what I went through. And this is how I felt about it. Because sometimes we're processing too. This is not just about like, you know, this is a, this is a huge topic with a lot of feelings that you carry with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess I can see, you know, yeah. Yeah, I guess that comes with that's that's sort of what Diane and I were hoping with this podcast Mm -hmm. is that it would be like us, you know, like not just like not completely objective. It wouldn't be completely like just facts and then we're done. Like we would be adding so much of our like own experiences and our own personalities and that kind of thing. Um, but I mean, I can always use a little feedback to be more positive because, you know, 
positivity rules, man. Yeah, sometimes and, so it's and it's I hard. I mean I it's hard. It's, sometimes it can be hard. And I mean, when you're when you're an empathetic person and you're in the field of helping people, sometimes it can drain you a lot. And when you are hearing story after story and seeing situation after situation, because I see patients still all the time, right? So I'm seeing situations yeah. in my own hometown where I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe that th- this is even happening. Yeah. Um, and which brings me to it. And then I can come here and I can vent about it so, because I know yeah. for me, I feel like this is a safe place where I can talk about this stuff because right. everybody gets it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I also think there's always, there is so much, there's so much going on, you know, there is so much going on. There's so much stuff that people are going through that we also want to like validate, you know, what people are going through. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, oftentimes people aren't really going through great things and, you know, so we're kind of trying to maybe validate like, you know, this sucks and a lot of people go through this and they go through that and, um. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's probably a maybe a bit of that, too. Yeah, absolutely. So but I do appreciate that you, um, you know, that you left this review kind of mentioning that because I do think it was it was a good thing for us to talk about. So I do appreciate it. And thank you so much for saying that we are like, you know, science based and fact based because we we really do hope to. Yeah, yeah. it's really something that we want to be. And we do try to like mix it up. Like we'll try to have an episode that is based on like scientific breastfeeding information and then something that's like that can help with actual breastfeeding situations. And, you know, so we try to mix it up and because we feel like it would be kind of boring if we were just like, okay, today we're going to talk about. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying before is like we were trying Mm -hmm. to not be that podcast where it's just like something that you could read. You could just as well read this. But here we're going to talk about it with like some flair. Some flair. But maybe we need to add more positive flair, which is always good. You know, we can do that. Let's try to be positive. Yes. Okay. We will do that. Thank you. But yeah, but thank you so much for that because we do appreciate the feedback for sure. Um, And today, like we're going to talk about like the... Not recommended, but this came to us from a message that you got, didn't it? Or oh, no? crap. Did it? <laughs> I thought uh, it did. Oh, I, I thought somebody asked if they could do something. I think I think I got a. I think it's somebody asked a question if they could do um, Botox. <gasps> That's right. Yeah, yes. because so there's this. So here. Yeah. So this is why this is called in quotes, not recommended while breastfeeding, because you see this a lot. You know, this Botox not recommended while breastfeeding. Tattoos not recommended while breastfeeding. Um, retinol, you know, that's another big one. Right? Yeah, retinol, all the time. sushi. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we there's so many things. Lactation tea, lactation what? tea. We'll say, well, maybe it won't say not recommended while breastfeeding, but it'll say, you know, not, um, you know, not an FDA approved product. Check with your doctor before using if you're pregnant or breastfeeding. And it's like, on okay. lactation tea? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And supplements and every, I mean, it's got it on, it's got it on a lot of things. And let's talk about what that means. And when it is truly not recommended while breastfeeding or the other reasons that this shows up on packaging. So, which, 
Oh, go ahead. Where where do we start? Like, well, where do we let's, start? I get, let's start. I guess let's start with the different reasons. Um, so you will see things on, you know, or it could be, it could be when you go, like somebody wanted to, there was some kind of eye, like LASIK. LASIK oh. is not recommended while breastfeeding. And this is because hormones change the shape of your retina or some shit. And this is, this is something that they say will changes throughout pregnancy and breastfeeding. So they say, if you're going to have LASIK, wait, wait a little while until your hormones have kind of evened out. Maybe you're done breastfeeding and then you fix your eyes. Cause you don't want to fix your eyes if they're in the middle of like a hormonal change and then you're done and then they change again. Right. Right. So like, that's the reason like you'll see reasons sometimes. And this is the reason behind LASIK, which I didn't even know until the last time we talked about it, which was a long yeah, time I ago. Wouldn't have, yeah, I would have never known. But yeah. then again, I don't get too many people that are like, hey, can I go do LASIK? Because that's like a significant procedure. Nobody's going to ask their lactation consultant if they can go do LASIK. Because right. who would have thought right. that it even connected? You wouldn't even have thought. But your doctor right. will say, let's, if you're, if you're still breastfeeding, let's wait a little while. Because, you know, yada, yada, what I just said. Yeah. And then you have it on, so I'm just talking about the different reasons and we can go through the endless supply of things and just talk about them. Um, then there's like, you know, like your, your, uh, I don't know, like I'm looking at a list, like a facial, you know, mm. you're going to get a facial and and then somebody, you, you might go to a salon and then you'll be like, oh, I'm breastfeeding. And they'll be like, oh. Okay, yeah, well, we can't do it if you're breastfeeding um, or, or like, you know, some kind of other procedure like a peel or, you know, or a surgery. Certain surgeries will say like, no, you can't do that. You can't have this medication. You know, it's the same thing with the medication thing. Mm -hmm. You can't have this while you're breastfeeding. And this is because people don't know. This is because people just don't know. And so they're acting with caution. You know, they're like, we'd rather just, it's like a liability thing. No, we can't do it. And they just don't know really why, but they just know that they don't want the liability. Right. Um, and so that is another reason why you would see this happen. And if it's a professional organization that's just saying we can't do this, then, you, you know, there's really nothing you can do about it. Um, yeah, there's, it, it is. It's, this is one of those situations where you have to kind of like take things into your own hands and be like, either ask why or be prepared to like give information if it's something that you really need to do, like a surgery or a dental procedure. Because we hear those things all the time. Oh, we can't do it till you're done breastfeeding. Um, I hear that about like things like MRIs um, yeah. or, you know, CAT scans or something like that. If you need contrast dye, which is absolutely safe. It is absolutely safe if you're breastfeeding to get contrast dye and have whatever procedure done you need to have done. But in many, many ways, the medical field is behind by like 15 years in everything. And I mean, just, at least. Yeah. And they just they really don't catch up like the, the research is there. The, people are doing new research on everything in the medical world all the time. Yeah. And for some reason, when you take this you take a question to your doctor's office or to your hospital or whatever, they're like, oh, 
yeah, but we can't do it that because that's not our protocol. But even though the research says it, it is, you know. Yeah, but so, uh, but but uprooting and changing a protocol is like really really hard. Yeah. It's really hard for a hospital or a medical facility to just change, you know, what they've always been doing. And yeah. so they just don't. And so here so, we are, and then we're stuck, you know, behind. And here then, we okay, are. Yeah. yeah. And so there's another reason why you might see this or you might hear this is because there is a lack of research. And this is like this is like things where you might hear it with certain medications, um, you know, where they'll just see, and this is like, you know, pretty reasonable answer. Um, but, but so, you know, there's, you know, cer- certain things are researched to death, like you said, and yeah. certain things just aren't, especially in like women's health. You know, yeah. there's like not a lot of research that goes on. And so maybe there's like a new medication, a new procedure, a new whatever that they'll just be like, no, we can't do it. And you're, you, you're like, oh, wow, that must really be unsafe. And it's like, it's not. It's just the fact that they haven't really like built up a body of research around it yet. Yeah. Um, and so and that's in, why you would kind of see these things. And in those situations, because I have that happen where, you know, Somebody will come to me with a medication and will be like, look it up. And it says, you know, not a lot of information behind this, you know, medication yeah. or whatever. And because there are, there are doctors that are researching specifically medications with breastfeeding. So it gives us somewhere to look for information on this. Yeah. And you have to look at like the whole picture, which is of course what medical facilities do not do with all of this stuff. But you have right. to look at it and be like, okay, is this a preemie, premature baby that is not going to metabolize well? Is this a pre- premature baby that is like three days old that is not going to metabolize this medication well? Is this, um, you know, a mother that's on 15 other medications and something might not, you know, it might just be too much, like too much stuff. It, you know, there's different things that we need to look at. Like, how old is the baby? How much is the mom even breastfeeding? She's breastfeeding once a day. The baby's a year and a half. Oh, my God. Come on. Yeah. How much is the baby getting? Like, not, you know, like that's right. so different than a baby that's nursing 12 times a day. So we really need to look at the whole situation. And that's just something that doesn't happen. Well, things yeah. With- and you have to take into consideration two people's understanding of lactation. Like, does it make sense? Right. Does it make sense that this would go into the breast milk in high doses, you know, and like, like, you know, once you understand how the body works and lactation works, then you can look at things like with a little bit of common sense too. Yeah, yeah, that's like pretty eardrops, much what it is. Like yeah. eardrops. I remember <laughs> this was like, um, I had an ear infection, a really bad ear infection. And um, my, I was the, the, it's like, um, I can't remember what the, what the, um, chemical was but it was something everybody knows but it was like you know a strong medication if you're like taking it orally or something and i remember reaching out to this lactation consultant and i was like yeah they were worried about me having it you know because i'm breastfeeding and she was just like it's an ear eardrop like (laughs) put it put it in your ears right now do it and and now i look back and i'm like i'm like it's so funny that i was worried about that because it's going into my ear how is it going to get into my breast milk? Right. I mean, and it, the we get this a lot with retinol. Um, and I feel like uh, retinol comes in like, what is all retinol? of a sudden I'll get like three or four people that will email me like on the same day about retinol. I was like, I don't know what the hell's going on. But retinol is, is in medic is in like um, 
like facial lotion. It can be like an acne treatment. Uh, um, and you're not supposed to, it's strong. Like it's, it's strong, but it's, you know, it helps with like, you know, skincare. Yeah. It's like in a lot of skincare and face washes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's totally fine. It's a topical. It's, it's going on your skin. It's going yeah, on your skin. It. Don't feed it to your baby. Don't rub it on your nipple and then feed your baby. Like that's not where it's going. It's going on your face. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Like it's totally fine. But it says on the box not to use it if you're breastfeeding. Right. And then you're already freaking out about everything because you're a new parent and you have a baby. And you're, and you're just freaking out about everything because that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. And then you have yeah. to see all these things and it's really, really worrisome. And so you're, it's like, like I said, it's really funny to look back and think that the eardrops were a danger, but like in that moment, it didn't seem unreasonable at all. I was really questioning like, wait, can I use this? Yeah. All right. Let's, let's let's take take a a break and then I've got a good story for us. Okay. And I've got a lot, a list of a whole bunch of things to go through (laughs) to just like things that people like question. Yeah. Perfect. Be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by The Breastfeeding Shop. The Breastfeeding Shop helps new and expecting moms around the world with their breastfeeding journey by supplying breast breast pumps, breast pump accessories, and more through insurance. The Breastfeeding Shop works with most health insurances like TRICARE, Aetna, Cigna, United, Blue Cross Blue Shield, and more. As a female-owned company, The Breastfeeding Shop helps provide resources to parents so they have a successful outcome. Whether it be for a mom who chooses to exclusively breast pump, breastfeed, or both use a breast pump and breastfeed, it's not just about shipping a pump to a new mom, it's understanding and relating to her needs individually and making her day a little easier. Check out the Breastfeeding Shop's breast pumps at thebreastfeedingshop.com. That's thebreastfeedingshop.com. Check them out and apply for one through your insurance. And today's episode is also brought to you by Silverette. Have you struggled with sore or cracked nipples while nursing your baby? Silverette Silver Nursing Cups are your one-stop solution to soothe and protect your nursing nipples. Since silver is a naturally antimicrobial and antifungal metal, it can help ward off bacteria and infections before they appear. Silver a naturally antimicrobial, antifungal, and antibacterial metal contains potent anti-inflammatory properties that can be used to help heal and prevent cracks, cuts, soreness, wounds, and infections. Silver, Silverette are the original and authentic silver nursing cups, both clinically tested and registered with the FDA because your nipples deserve the best. Join us on mission. Happy nipples. Use code BADASS for 15% off your order of the Silverette Nursing Cups. That's BADASS for 15% off at silverettusa.com. That's silver, S-I-L-V-E-R-E-T-T-E-U-S-A.com. And our sponsors and the promo codes can be found at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com or wherever you're listening from. And at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you'll find all of our other episodes and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. With me. All right. Tell me your story. I mean, tell us your story. So this happened um, just last week, actually, where I have a client. um, She's actually like a doula colleague. I've been trying to get her to be a lactation consultant forever. Just love her. I just love her to pieces. And um, her sister had a little preemie 
And she contacted me, she texted me from um, right from the NICU because <laughs> she doesn't trust the necessarily trust other lactation consultant advice that you're getting. Plus, you're getting so much mixed advice in the hospital, right? And yep. you just don't know. So they were giving mom, the new the new parent, the new mother, the um, a diuretic. And she was like, is this okay for her to take? Is this going to be, you know, like, this is, a, this is what they're giving her. And it was kind of a high dose. And I'm like, okay, let me look and make sure. And I looked it up and it does say that, you know, high doses can impact milk supply um, because it's like, you know, it's dehydrating and draining and it's like getting rid of all your fluid and all this stuff. So high doses can impact supply. So this is a, this is a new parent who it's her second baby. She got a really, really great milk supply and I wasn't too concerned about it. I was like, okay, I don't think this is going to be a problem for her because she does have a really great milk supply, but we want to make sure that she wasn't going to be taking it for a long period of time. So I said, it's fine. I said, but um, I would say if it's like, how long is she going to be taking it for? I would think that, you know, I would, I would like her to be like not taking it for a long time because yeah. after a while and she goes, should she pump and dump? Mm. And I said, oh, no, no. Because her thought process was automatically this is bad for the baby. Yeah. That yeah, was yeah. her, that was her thought automatically. And I said, Oh no, it could actually impact milk supply over a long period of time. I said, which I'm not terribly worried about because she's got a lot of milk and it's her second baby. But like if she was taking it for like weeks and weeks and weeks or something like that, like, I don't know how long people take diuretics sometimes a long time, but I said, then maybe it would be an issue, but that was, that's automatically where our thought process goes. Exactly. Is, is I was it, just thinking that. Yeah. And there's, yeah. there's so many reasons too why it might be on there and not just this is harmful to the baby. Right. Like other reasons, uh, like maybe it impacts milk supply or maybe. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I tell people when they ask me, like, what can I take for a cold? And I'm like, it's not about like, okay, this is going to go to the baby. The baby's going to get all this medication. It's more about like, is this going to dry up your supply? Because some cold medications will absolutely do that because they're meant to dry you up. That's yeah, what, right, right. That's that's what their the, focus is. That's the ones with the, um, like the, the mucus. pseudoepinephrine. Yes, yeah. yeah, there you go. Yes. Yeah, so, so it's like Benadryl and Sudafed, like those kinds of things. So it's not just about like, we really need to think about it in a way of like, is this going to do something to my milk supply? Mm-hmm. Could this impact milk supply? Because that's what I worry about more when we talk about medications um, than, you know, like, oh my God, the baby's yeah. going to get like... Because there's just not you know. a lot of things that's going to hurt your baby. That's like just no. not, that's not where it's at. No. So I'll read some things of questions that I've gotten. And I'm sure you've gotten these things too. We, of course, we get these things about food, right? Like, um, you always see this on lists of things not to do while you're breastfeeding. Don't eat sushi. Don't eat fish. Don't eat, you know, because of the mercury levels. I don't even and know so, what fish has mercury. What is it? It's the, like the, the bottom feeders, right? Is it, yeah. that's what it is? Is that what it is? I don't even know. But or I mean, maybe it's the big fish that eat the bottom feeders because the bottom feeders eat the, all the bottom stuff. I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know. Somebody I don't else know. Knows. You but I mean, me know. you know, this is a recommendation that's for like everybody, not just breastfeeding parents. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I guess limit your fish. So what they say like two or three times a week. Well, plus so you're just when not you're, eating it all day. Yeah. When you're pregnant, you can't eat sushi. So then people, yeah. I think there's like a whole like laundry list of stuff you're not supposed to eat when you're pregnant because of like listeria and bacteria and all that crap. Like, um, 
what is it like deli meats which you know i don't think i've ever in my life you're not eaten supposed deli to meat. eat deli meat when you're pregnant no no because like you're you're supposed to heat I've it never up first heard that. who I've wants to like heat up their sub like nobody's doing yeah. that I have never um, heard that. That's yeah. Weird. Deli meat, soft cheeses is another thing. Oh, um, because of the pasteurization. No, I've never heard. Well, of I think it. everybody does because a lot of people are like, "Oh, really? I had a turkey sub. I don't think anything of it." Yeah. Um. Yeah. You're not. You're not technically not supposed to sushi because it's raw. So there's like a list of stuff you're not supposed to eat when you're pregnant, and then you have the baby, and because everybody just considers, nobody's thinking about now the baby's outside. It's not the same as when they're inside and everything's going to the placenta. Yes, we do get that mixed up a lot too. We think that yeah. breastfeeding is the same as when we were pregnant with the baby, and it's yeah, very different. You're not sharing blood anymore. It's not. It's not the same. So my mom's I, like, "No, sushi's fine. You can totally eat sushi if you want to." Yeah, and of course we get the alcohol, we get the caffeine. Um, I I took um like a asthma maintenance inhaler. Um. A while back, I'm not on it anymore, but um, I had that question, like, can I take this? Mm. And I was at this new doctor and he was like, oh, did you take this through pregnancy? And I was like, yeah, they gave it to me. And he's like, oh, this is like a considered like not really safe for pregnancy. And I was like, oh, that's no, cool. Thanks. Thank you. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I mean, like I probably would have switched you to something else, but, um, you know. Obviously, your kids turned out okay. I was like, <laughs> that's really comforting. Thank you. You know, I was, that's so funny to think about. So I was, when I was um, pregnant with my first son, when I got pregnant with him, I was still in the army. And when I was in the army, they found out that I had a thyroid problem. So they automatically, like, he's the doctor that I saw started treating my thyroid and then put me on fluoxetine, which is the same thing as Prozac for anybody who doesn't know, mm-hmm. because thyroid messes with your moods. Mm-hmm. So put me on that. And then I got pregnant pretty, pretty close after that. And I asked about it and everybody was like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. So I stayed on Prozac all the way through my pregnancy. But now if you read about it, people say that you're not supposed to be taking that through pregnancy. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. And I didn't, I didn't know anything. I was also. Um, uh, running a lot back then mm-hmm. and had like a lot and had um, horrible like shin splints and stuff like that. So I didn't know when I didn't know that I was pregnant, I was taking like probably five ibuprofen a day. Yeah. And I remember saying something to somebody about that. I'm like, Oh God, I'm pregnant. Like I've been taking to like a medical professional. I've been taking five, you know, five things of, or five, pills of ibuprofen a day so whatever a thousand milligrams or something and um she was like well too late now to do anything about that it's true though i know but i was like that's not what i want to hear like no yeah <laughs> you, know, you want to like, hear yeah say like everything will be fine right but it's yeah. like i didn't know like you just don't know right yeah. like you go into this and you don't know plus if it's a surprise pregnancy like mine was like i didn't know but my point of the story is like, there is just, I mean, you just, you don't know what's going to happen. And then research comes out later on that tells you like contrary, but it's like still like, okay, is it really like, what's going on with this? Yeah. And the research is always changing, right? I mean, there's medications that we took as kids that now are like on those commercials. Like if you took something, something (laughs) from 1985, (laughs) yeah, you may qualify for a compensation. (laughs) <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> you're like, ah, my 
I know. I know it. Like, how? what are you supposed to do? You don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So we're only talking about shit we know right now. I don't know what it's going to be in 10, 20 years. But right now, here's all the things that I've gotten questions about. So Botox. Go ahead. Uh, Get your Botox, right? So let's let me mention something with Botox because, you know, you're going to have somebody that's like, why would you want to do that? Why can't you just wait to get the Botox? Is it really that important? Blah, 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 blah. Some people get it for migraines. It's not just about the physical appearance of your body. You know, like it's my my best friend was she was supposed to get it for migraines and she was too afraid. But it is supposed to help with migraines. And there's other reasons people do Botox too. So it's not just like, oh my gosh, how vain is she that she needs to get Botox while she's breastfeeding her baby? Okay. Well, I'm also going to say if you want to get Botox, it's not dangerous to get Botox. So if you want to get Botox just because you want to look like you have Botox, then fucking do it and tell everyone else to shut the hell up. Do whatever you want to do. I have a okay. um a friend that's like I well I know several people who do Botox who have Botox and I have a friend who's like you know what that and like plastic surgery if it makes you feel good who cares what other people say well yeah says. and it's just like, like right. we are not here to tell you what to do and what not to do we're trying to give you information for you make your own decisions yeah I mean so facials mm-hmm. fine fillers fine or is Botox and fillers are different right somehow. I don't know. Yeah, I think they're different. Like okay. fillers, I, I don't really know how it all works, but I think fillers I just fill in that, fine. those wrinkles. Yeah, just they're fine. It. If you want to get it. Yeah, um, get tattoos. It. Tattoos, you're going to um, take the same precautions that you would if you were not breastfeeding. Um, we have a whole episode on this. Yeah, yeah we do. There's all, there's places that might say they won't do it, but it's all it's fine if you go to a place that's reputable. Don't go to someone's garage. Um, so. We had a li- one of our listeners who is local to me. Um, love her to pieces. I don't know. She's I don't know if she's listening or not. She might be. She'll know when I sm- t- tell this story. But she um, a couple months ago wanted to get a tattoo, and she was visiting her best friend and was like, "We wanted to get these little matching tattoos. Is it okay if I go and get one?" And I did tell it like, just make sure the place is clean and you know whatever. Um, she's not like a risk taker anyway. I go, they might not do it if they know you're breastfeeding because that's usually an automatic. They're like, oh no, we, we won't do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, she's like, because it's I-? just like a liability thing. It's not because right. it's actually dangerous. Yeah, and she was like, what if I don't tell them? And I'm like, then you're probably fine. Like, yeah. it's, you know, like, and then she did. Like, she went and they were, you know, it was fine. So yeah, problems. Right, and I there are many, many people send me photos of themselves breastfeeding while they are getting a tattoo. So there oh, wow. are some people that will do it. Wow, um, that's yeah. fantastic. Um, so tanning, mm. tanning beds, tanning lotions. Um, I think all of this is fine. Yeah, I would think so. Right? right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. um, and then there's these really there's like these um. There are these cosmetic procedures like fat transfer, fat freezing, fat dissolving injections, Ooh. Um, sclerotherapy, which is like um, something injections you get to um, to deal with uh, varicose veins. Oh God, I need that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously, I don't. I, I, this is probably these are things that we can talk about. I don't know if these are safe. I would imagine these are safe, but these are also things that probably will say we're not going to do this. If you're breastfeeding. Yeah. Because they and, just don't. 
Because and this is going to be because there's like a risk of infection and, you know, there's moving stuff around in your body and they, you know, these procedures, they'll just say like, well, you know, we're not going to do that because there's not research probably on fat transfer while breastfeeding. Right. That's, yeah. There's I not there is. There, yeah, isn't there probably anything. isn't. And it is really hard to like, I don't want to say fight because we don't want anybody to, you know, fight with people, but it is really hard to like go up against your medical facility. You know, like if it's something as simple as a dental procedure that we all know is safe yeah. or, you know, a, a surgery and then they give you, you know, pain meds after or whatever, anesthesia. We know anesthesia is totally fine. Yeah. We know that. But then all of a sudden you, you know, you have them, people get it for C-sections for crying out loud and then breastfeed yeah. that brand new baby right away. <laughs> and then you yeah. get a gallbladder out and people are like, oh no, yeah. you can't no, breastfeed. You can't it's that. like, no. why don't you call the labor and delivery floor? They'll tell you what to do. You know, because now you've got people on a different floor who don't know what to do with breastfeeders because they yeah. don't deal with that every day. So you really, situations like that, you really have to be like, no, this is fine. Like you have to take that into your own hands because it is fine. Be confident about that. It is fine for you to breastfeed when you have anesthesia. Yeah. It is fine when you breast to breastfeed if you've had a dental procedure. Those things are absolutely okay. But they will tell you no because they don't know any better. Yeah. They just aren't educated on it. They're just not. That's true. And with the holidays coming, we'll end with this. We're going to start seeing memes going around about how you can't have peppermint or parsley or sage <laughs> yeah. and ignore those because nobody is going to ingest the amount of peppermint, parsley, or sage that it would take to impact anything. That's disgusting. Your peppermint cookies from what are these popular peppermint cookies from Whole Foods or Trader Joe's or something? I think Trader Joe's, yeah. The parsley and the sage and your stuffing or whatever, this is not a concern. And people just put this shit out every year and these memes go around and scare the shit out of people and it's really annoying. Yeah, it's, you know, it would have to be a lot. Like a lot. Said. More than you are going to have. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Go enjoy Bye. some peppermint. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>